Welcome to the Scottish Fisheries Museum podcast series, Anchored Marine Life in Lockdown. In this series, we take a look back through lockdown so far and share the experiences of people and organisations linked to the marine environment and maritime industries in Scotland. I am Andrea and in this episode we speak to Karen Seath, Managing Director of Karen Seath Solutions and she is also Chair of the Scottish Fisheries Museum, Susan Davis from the Scottish Seabird Centre and co-chairs at the Portsoy Traditional Boat Festival at the time of recording, Miles Murray and Vivian Ray. I'm Susan Davis, the Chief Executive of the Scottish Seabird Centre. We're based in North Berwick on the edge of the Firth of Forth. My name's Karen Seath. I'm the chair of the Scottish Fisheries Museum and I'm a marine and fisheries biologist to trade. Uh, I spent the first 10 years of working life um, pottering around the Mediterranean. It was rather lovely. Uh, I set up my own consultancy um, and I've been focusing in on the, the impact of decommissioning on the marine environment, but also circular economy and the reuse of decommissioned materials coming on shore. Well, um, Vivian Ray, festival co-chair. Um, I've been involved with the festival for around 10 years, initially under a marketing and PR capacity, and recently took on the co-chair role along with Miles just last year. Hi, uh, Miles Murray. I took on the co-chair role along with Vivian just last year and sort of around about September time. Prior to that, I just assisted with regards to setting up the, the festival. I've only been involved for about two years. I will also be talking about the Scottish Fisheries Museum, including our partnership with the Anstruther Harbour Festival. We'll look at the uncertainty faced by the tourism industry and how attractions have had to change and be supported throughout the pandemic. From changes in infrastructure to loss in revenue, the tourism industry has had a tough time. talking about tourism in a podcast series about marine life in lockdown is because many coastal communities and fishing towns around Scotland rely on tourism as an integral part of their community. From B&Bs and hotels to boat trips and other visitor attractions, tourism is a key factor in marine life, albeit not an obvious one. What benefits does the festival bring to the community? I think the, the benefits, there's probably about four main benefits for the festival. It keeps alive the sort of culture and the heritage of the town, not only the town but the wider uh, north northeast uh, uh, area. Looking at the traditional skills that uh, used to be uh, employed within Portsoy and the surrounding area, and trying to keep that uh, going, and just to trying to promote that sort of side of a, the the boat festival. There's obviously the economic benefits to the businesses, not only in Portsoy but the wider area. The, the hotels are busy, the bed and breakfasts, not only in Pursoy, but in the surrounding country, uh, are busy and fully booked for that weekend. So, big uh, benefit to the businesses in the, the, the local area. The tourism, I think that's probably one of the most important aspects of it. It's attracting people to Pursoy. It's uh, a cracking uh, wee town. There's a lot of character down around by the harbour. So, it promotes Pursoy, it takes people into the, the town and probably takes them back again as well. And that's important for the tourism, not just for Pursoy, but for the wider Aberdeenshire and northeast uh, Scotland area. 
This year it has been particularly linked through the impact on the year of coasts and waters run by Visit Scotland. This was a year to celebrate Scotland's, well, coasts and waters and everything that goes on in and around them. In March, there was growing concern for the tourism and event industries as it was becoming increasingly likely that the busiest season in the year would be drastically impacted by the impending lockdown. COVID-19 and the lockdown had a huge impact on our charity. In mid-March, we had to close our centre to visitors, just at the time that the busiest part of the spring-summer wildlife season was kicking off and of course the visitors returning to experience this spectacle. Everywhere was locked down and shut and no one was certain when reopening would be possible. Festivals and events like the Scottish Traditional Boats Festival in Portsoy and even closer to home the Anstruther Harbour Festival which we at the Scottish Fisheries Museum have partnered with right now, they had to be cancelled and plans scrapped. So, I mean, like every other um, event organiser in the, the world, probably, we were extremely disappointed to have to, to cancel the festival. Um, we made the, the really difficult decision fairly early on um, before we started spending too much um, for the festival and also to give our sponsors and those that had planned to attend the festival good notice that we had to make the cancellation. Um, but it was by no means a, an, an easy decision for us to make. Um, especially disappointing for the, the committee because we had put a lot of plans in place um, already for the festival. We'd been working quite hard probably from about September, October of the previous year um, to pull together the programme for the festival. So it was hugely disappointing not to see all of that um, good work come to fruition at the end of the day. But we um, had also secured, of course, the Euro Coast and Waters funding through Event Scotland, which was going to enable us to put um, a different theme to the, the festival on top of the, the elements that I mentioned earlier of the maritime and boats and the craft fair and the food fair and the music and the children's activities. We planned to do a bit of a revamp of some of the areas of the festival um, and bring in some new activities for people to enjoy, all based around um, the Euro Coast and Waters and focusing a lot on um, plastic pollution and the effects it has on wildlife and really enhancing the maritime element of the festival to try and attract more boats and certainly to showcase the maritime crafts and associated activities with, with the heritage of the North East. Research conducted by Visit Scotland in early to mid-March 2020, right at the start of the pandemic, showed 2,200 responses from the following business types. Stuff like non-serviced accommodation, that was 30%, hotel, B&B and guest houses, 30%, activities, attractions and tours, 25%, food and drink and retail, 9%, and businesses that classified themselves as other was 5%. They responded to questions on the impact to business in the week beginning the 9th of March, before the lockdown but when concerns were growing. 60% of businesses reported that they had experienced an increase in cancellations, a drop in bookings or that they had received fewer visitors than the previous week. The biggest impacts were recorded among the hotel, B&B and guest house category, with 72% of them reporting negatively while 66% of activities, attractions and tours said they have been adversely affected. In response to the lockdown, the drastic closure that caused, many tourist organisations, the ones that could, 
moved online and tried to provide some entertainment and resources throughout the lockdown. During that period of time, you know, it was all so new to everybody and everything had to go online to survive you know the the, the team of you know, um like you, you, yourself you you've taken the exhibitions online you've been doing podcasts like this you know and all sorts of things you know so it's it's been a very very interesting time you know from what we all thought was well, well it's it's not a good situation you know um but a lot of positives have also come out of it, which is which is nice. We did our best to contribute to this at the Scottish Fisheries Museum as well, including our odd pub quiz, which was a very popular thing across businesses and organisations. We also did Teach Me Tuesday educational videos for kids, as well as delivering a virtual tour of the museum on YouTube. The Seabird Centre have been very active on social media as well and have even put on virtual talks and events. We've been able to use digital storytelling, like these podcasts, to share information about Scotland's seas and our activities. We also want to expand newer technologies, such as the virtual reality experience of the underwater world around the Bass Rock, so that these can be used both at our centre and through our outreach activities. Yeah, so we um, we decided to do a bit of a, a virtual festival um, weekend and we went into the archives which are rather full of photos and videos and different things over the, the last um, several years and we dug out some of those and shared them online with um, our followers and it was really good and engaging people just to remind them that although the festival wasn't happening this year that it was still very much on the forefront and hopefully you know um, all being well we'll certainly try and, and come back for 2021 um, and it was really good just to get people to to kind of go down memory lane if you like and engage with the, some of the old photos and, and years gone by and we, we found really high engagement um, along you know and kind of going down that route um, and we also did some live events as well. We engaged Glenglassa Distillery and did a live event with them where we talked about pretty much everything. I think from the northeast, we spoke about whiskey, we spoke about boats, we spoke about the northeast and, and the area that we live in. And that worked really well for us. We got really good engagement during that um, and just brought a bit of live to the, the, the weekend. Um, so yeah, hopefully it's, it's very much still in the forefront of people's minds. For those who could not provide this sort of thing, many still kept in touch with their online audiences through social media. Some regularly used hashtags endorsed by Visit Scotland. They were the hashtags Staycation, Visit Scotland, Only in Scotland, YCW2020 and Love Scotland. Although the work going on online by tourist attractions, events and destinations throughout the pandemic has been amazing to see, it would be rendered useless if they were unable to reopen or get the financial support they needed. The tourism and event industries have been some of the worst affected financially, so it was crucial for the government to offer support. At the Scottish Seabird Centre, we're all extremely grateful for all the kind messages and financial support that we received during our four-month closure. We were delighted to be able to restart our activities albeit in a different scaled-back format in late July. That was only possible due to the support that came from our public appeal, loyal members and emergency funding from organisations such as the National Heritage Lottery Fund and government funding sources, 
as well as some very generous individual donors. We're also grateful to existing funders such as the William Grant Foundation and Robertson Trust for sticking with us through this time. Having worked with, um, the, you know, so closely with the museum as I do, the museum has gone for various funding pots, you know, um, around uh, resilience and recovery post um, reopening. You know, so having my involvement with the museum has seen that happen, you know, which, which, which is great. A large part of the support that was contributed to the Scottish Fisheries Museum has been thanks to Museum Gallery Scotland, the Scottish National Heritage Lottery Fund and Visit Scotland. The first round of Museum Gallery Scotland funding was part of a UK-wide £1.57 billion investment in culture. £97 million of this was given to the Scottish Government, of which £4 million was allocated to Museum Gallery Scotland to help museums across Scotland, just like the Scottish Fisheries Museum. All that is left to do now is to prepare to reopen again. Tourism businesses are quick to adapt and are resilient, so when most reopened at the end of August 2020, everyone worked hard to make their buildings safe to enter and to provide a safe space for people to enjoy. For us and many other places, that meant reducing our capacity and introducing pre-booking for the first time so people could book safely separated time slots for their visit. We have lots of signage directing people on how they can be safe and how we are keeping them safe on site, as well as sanitising stations throughout the museum and screens up in the shop and tea room counters. This is alongside the usage of masks by staff and visitors alike. We are now looking forward to the future. Year of Coastal Waters has been delayed to this year, 2021, with the hope that events can take place in a virtual or hybrid format. I think that there's still something very much to be said for the live element of the festival in terms of the atmosphere that Miles mentioned and the live music across the stages, the different performances that are happening, um, you know, across the festival site. So I think possibly going forward there there is scope for a mix, but I I think it's very difficult to replicate that unique atmosphere that we managed to create in Port Saud during the Boat Festival weekend. I think it's just a case of now looking forward to 2021. Uh, as Vivian's mentioned there, all the plans that we had in place, all the work that the volunteers have already undertaken, hopefully we can carry that forward into to next year. The dates are the 26th and the 27th of June, and hopefully we'll be able to get the festival up and running again next year. The Anstruther Harbour Festival will now be on in 2021, as well as the Scottish Traditional Boats Festival in Portsoy. Scottish Fisheries Museum look forward to welcoming everyone back when we reopen. Thank you to Karen, Susan, Vivian and Miles who took time out during uncertain times to chat to me for the podcast earlier in 2020. Let us know your thoughts on the topics discussed in today's episode on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram by looking for at Scottfish Museum. Thanks for listening. <laughs>